All right, I guess we're going. Um, I guess yeah. I guess we're in it. Let's get started. I mean, y'all want to introduce yourselves? I first? guess yeah, I can do the intro um, as I usually do. Um, uh, howdy, y'all! Welcome back to RPG <laughs> Roulette, the actual play RPG show where everybody is the game master. My name is Keaton Sample, and on this show, I play uh, a rootin' tootin' old man from another world named Dale Holson. Good evening, everybody. My name is uh, Luke Howard, and uh, on this show, I play Jasper Hughes. He is the sheriff of Rusty Peaks, who um, is... This is my first time... Sorry, this is my first time, Luke, uh, playing in like a stretch of like five episodes or so. Well, I'm very excited <laughs> for this. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Noah Jones, and uh, on this show, I play Roy McCullen ex-Black Hand gang member turned, honestly, he doesn't really know exactly what he's doing right now. Lots of crazy things are happening to him, including his mama dying. And this is Hunter Wood. I play (laughs) Oliver Ray, who is really a shifter. And maybe the real Oliver Ray will come back, like we talked about in the last episode. Probably not, but maybe... Hunter said, screw you guys. I'm not doing this Hunter refused. He, he made a stand a long time ago to not go with intro bits and to do his own thing. And we respect him for being his own man. What's hey, up? you What's guys up, look Hunter? great. Thanks. Thank you well, for saying that. On today's episode of Red Bet, I, Noah Jones, am your account master. Yes. We haven't had somebody not Luke with a couple sprinklings of Hunter in a little while. In so a while. Goes all right. It's a little rusty. <laughs> a little, little peaks. Rusty. Boo. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I'm not the quipster. You are the quipster, Luke. Are we I playing Quiplash? No. Quiplash. <laughs> uh, we can do a stream eventually. Not anytime soon. I'm so uh, exhausted. Um, busy, busy, busy. But yeah, we are. We have not yet crossed the threshold of someone doing all of their episodes. But beyond this one, Luke and Noah only have one more because uh, we are in the final stretch of the of the show. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, I don't really have any other banter. I. I am going to formally predict the next episode will be someone's last episode, either Luke or Noah. Oh boy, mm. Mm. You, you've said it. Now it'll happen. What a prediction! Because okay. that—I mean—that's how this show works. Once you say it, it's canonically true. <laughs> My dog just barked. That's fun. Um, well, I, I guess without further ado, Noah, you want to take us in? Let's play some cowboys, baby. Barner rushes into the main sanctuary of St. Lucia's Abbey, slamming the heavy wooden door behind him. He is filthy, covered in blood and dirt. He isn't sure if the blood is his, but he does know that he is beginning to lose feeling in his right arm. Frank has been a devout member of the Black Hand all 34 of his years. Jack Barner, his great-great-grandfather, crossed the Mississippi River into the untamed West with Randall McCullen and the other original founders of the Black Hand. His family was loyal to the Order, through and through, and just as loyal to its mission. Frank had devoted his life to protecting those from the things that go bump in the night. Even though the Black Hand at times was a bit rough, making what Frank thought were acceptable sacrifices for the common good, the Black Hand was pure and good, doing the holy mission of God through his angel Azrael, or so he thought. The sounds of screaming and gunshots coming from just outside the sanctuary door jolt Frank back into the present. He limps toward the altar at the front of the sanctuary, where two unconscious men lay chained and beaten. 
Those blasted demons are here for them, Frank thinks to himself. I can't let them have them. The word all would have been for nothing. Frank shakily turns as the wooden doors of the sanctuary are thrown from their hinges. Roy McCullen, covered in blood, walks through the door. Frank has known Roy his entire life. He gave him his bowie knife for, Ro- for Roy's 13th birthday. Roy walks into the sanctuary, wielding that same knife, now covered in the blood of his family and old comrades. He turns his demonic gaze towards the trembling Frank, his tendrils of darkness thrashing angrily. I- I'm sorry, Frank. I wish more than anything that this didn't have to turn out this way. The last thing Frank feels as a puff of gray smoke envelops him is Gray Sky restraining his arms behind him as all three of Roy's tendrils pierce his chest. Jasper, after a long, sleepless night, you sit at the bar of your father's <coughs> old saloon. The saloon is mostly empty, outside of Philip sweeping up some broken glass from behind the counter, and you assume the other tenants of the saloon's rooms are upstairs. What do you do? Well, hey, Philip. Yeah? You know what time it is? He, he kind of reaches into his, uh, into his pocket and pulls out a little silver uh, stopwatch and pops it open. The uh, clock here says it's about 8.30. Uh, I look to the window to see if it's in the morning or evening. Oh, yeah, 8.30 in the morning. Gotcha. Um, usually it's a sleepless night. Um, I guess I'm just going to get up and down the rest of what I'm drinking and head out into the street. Yeah, as you walk out into the street, um, you see some people milling about. It's pretty empty and pretty quiet. You know, the the town is fairly shaken from the invasion of yesterday. But, you know, outside of some, a little bit of smoke rising from some people's chimneys and you see a couple, couple of people milling, there's not much out on the streets. I guess I'm going to go looking for Dale then, just to see what he's up to. I think at this point, like, I, no one is actively calling for my name, and I don't see anything. I mean, like, I'm going to take a look around and see if there's anything going on right now. I mean, it seems like people are just kind of milling about, not really, like, kind of going back to their normal lives, does it seem like? or Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, you see some people out on their front porches sweeping up glass from stray gunshots, you know, you see, like, down the street, uh, Miss Davidson's place is kind of hopping. You know, plenty of people received quite a few wounds during the attack. Um, I'm going to go over there and see if she needs any help, then. If there's, if there's like, several people there. Gotcha. Yeah, you start heading, uh, heading into that direction. And, yeah, you know, there's... There's a lot of people inside of her office. There's probably 10 or 12 people situated all throughout her house. Um, you, you actually even see Oliver Ray there having uh, gone and got his wounds from the last Wendigo fight also uh, checked out. Uh, Oliver, I mean, you're a little banged up, especially after being banged up, you know, multiple times in the past few days. But, you know, you're stable and i have a sick new scar on my face from the uh monster slashing it yeah you do yeah you do it almost killed you yeah but as you walk in jasper uh miss davidson kind of runs up to you and it's like uh sheriff uh do you need anything well i was gonna ask you the same thing is that is, is there any way i can help do you need anything no no just honestly just keep sending people here we're gonna we're going to keep pretending to so so many wounds and she kind of brushes you aside and kind of rushes around and is still tending to people you see oliver sitting there at in just one of her rocking chairs uh i guess i'll go over to oliver and you know hey how are uh how are you holding up well i've uh felt better but I mean, I'm here. I could, I could keep going if I had to, but I'm just uh, relaxing till duty calls. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, don't don't push yourself. You took quite a beating out there. It looks like. Um, I'll uh, I'll go take a look around town and see if there's anybody needs rounding up. I I turn around and start to head out. Um, I guess I'm gonna just gonna find Daisy and take a ride around town. And just try to check on people. I mean, I'll start. I'll start. I mean, I was just at the saloon, so I think I know how probably Mary and um, I have a question. Sarah, um, 
is rusty with Miss Davidson. Last we saw, he got shot in the belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was currently not there at the office. Whenever you were kind of skimming through, uh, you saw... Oh, let me bring up my character sheet so I can actually name some real names of people that you saw there. Um, you know, you saw... Um, you saw Almer in there with, you know, he had a pretty nasty looking cut on his arm, but he seemed pretty fine. Uh, you also saw that Robert Clark, the local historian, um, also had a gunshot wound to the shoulder. Um, but, and that that's who uh, Miss Davidson was kind of messing around with the most, trying to get that uh, gunshot wound taken care of. But yeah, no, Rusty was not in there. Yeah, I guess the next the next place I would go, I think, is to go check out um, probably Roy's place. To well, I guess where would Graham live? That is a good question. I, I think Graham uh, probably has been living with Dusty Harris inside of the um, inside of the the mayor's house. Yeah, inside of the mayor's yeah. mansion. Well, then I would say then that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the the mayor's the mayor's house just to see, check out everyone who's up there. Dusty, Rusty, Graham. Yeah, well, so yeah, so you 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 ride up to the mayor's house, and uh, Dusty is actually sitting out on his front porch, his big white hat in his in his lap, sitting there uh, smoking on a uh, corn cob pipe. Yeah, I, I wave at him. I I dismount. I walk up on the patio, take my hat off, and just hey there, how you doing, Dusty? Well, sheriff, you know I'm. Been doing better. I, f- I feel like I, all this craziness has happened in our in our new town ever since I became mayor, and I just can't seem to, to to feel like I'm actually doing anything. You know. Well, I think that probably. I mean, you know, every single town in the world, I'm guessing, has its um, peculiarities, sure. But I would say that in this instance, that what we're dealing with is probably outside of the bounds of what a normal mayor. Would, uh, or at least the mayor of a standard, you know, bog standard town would have to deal with. So I think that under the circumstances, I'd say you're doing a pretty bang up job. Well, can't say I don't know very many other mayors who deal with this many gangs and monsters and things in their towns. I ain't heard of no other mayor <laughs> actually yeah. dealing with any monsters. So, hey, I don't know any other mayors. So that's off to you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sheriff. Uh, anything I can help you out with? Uh, I was just I was just coming over to check on your boy. How's how's Rusty? Uh, he's doing fine. Miss Davidson patched him up. He's resting now upstairs. Yeah. He hopefully won't be bedridden for too long, but it was kind of a nasty wound he got. Mm-hmm. And Graham is he around? I mean, he he helped Rusty come back here, but I ain't seen him since last night. Okay. Well, um, are you going to be here, I guess, the rest of the day, probably? Or I mean, I'll probably, probably head into Town Hall at some point. We'll need to uh, probably do some contributing to repairing, especially with your saloon took the brunt of that attack, but, you know, making sure people have everything they need. All right. Well, if you do say out to Beatrice for me, uh, Jasper walks out and hops on a horse. Where do you head to next? Man, I don't even know. Where's that map of Rusty Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I guys. I, I really I want Luke to have a little bit of playtime just himself before we kind no, of throw don't everybody worry. else. He needs <laughs> he needs some playtime. I'll, I'll play with other people. I want to. I don't want to. I don't. This is not a solo campaign. Come on. Um, no, I'll, yeah, I'll just, we have I'll, a show for that. It's got RPG duet. Exactly. Live uh, <laughs> on Tuesday nights on Twitch. I will. I mean, without anything else to do, I guess I'm just going to go on patrol and just keep an eye out. Make sure, you know, nothing is happening around town. Gotcha. Well, then we'll cut to Dale. Dale, you are in your room at the saloon. What's going through your mind after the events of the past day? Um, <clears throat> good question. <laughs> uh, I think I'm still in bed. I think I'm just kind of staring at my ceiling. I've got... Willie kind of wrapped up, uh, curled up between my legs up on the bed. Um, 
I am thinking, I guess my my mindset is so much has been happening to this town in the past year, essentially, and I'm ready for it to be over. So I, I think I'm I'm kind of laying here, not wanting to get out of bed, but no, no, that's knowing because as soon as I do, I need to keep working. I need to keep going towards fixing and stopping everything that's going on. And it's kind of a lot for my old bones. <laughs> These old bones. Completely understandable. But, but as you are sitting there thinking about how you really don't want to do anything, uh, you, you hear a knock at your door. Uh, I think Willie barks uh, and I go, oh, uh, it's unlocked. Come on in. Uh, Sarah pushes the door open and kind of timidly peeks her head in. It's like, uh, Dale, you got a minute to talk? Uh, yeah, I look around the room and I kind of shrug my shoulders and I go, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. What's up? Is it, is Mary all right? Nah. Yeah, Sarah kind of, kind of walk, actually walks into the room and closes the door behind her, holding her hat between her hands, kind of just standing next to the door, kind of meekly, honestly, and a little out of character for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you know, Mary's doing all right. A bit banged up, but Miss Davidson gave her some pills to help with the pain. And so she's just resting right now. I, I wanted to talk to you. Listen, Roy, Roy told me that the Black Hands was looking for my sister. He never really said why. And exactly knew what I, I don't know exactly why they were looking for but I, I was just wondering if you knew what was happening with her I, I know she's I mean supposedly the same age as I am about my age if younger even but I, I just I, I need to look after her and, and I just all of this is so confusing and <laughs> I just need help uh, if anyone gets how abruptly confusing the world can get, it is me. Uh, I get it. I'd love to tell you yes. <laughs> I'd love to have all the answers. We have we have a running theory. We don't know, but uh, your family, I see no reason for you not to be in the loop. But I'm going to need you to stay in here while I explain it and not run off. Okay? She, she nods her head and kind of comes and sits down at the foot of your bed opposite you so you remember I, I think i explained a little bit about this once i got back from my uh, soul searching trip but but just take a step back you remember when you first showed up here in town uh and we uh kind of ended up in some funky bluegrass mountainous place yeah and you're familiar with the cracks and everything and the different worlds that are all around us. Uh, and you've heard, you've heard Oliver uh, and, and Ray talk about this Ornias fella um, and this Azriel fella. And, and now we know about this trickster. Well, we don't know much about this trickster fella. Uh, you see, we know... Or at least we've been told by by some council the the Ornias might not be the only one trapped inside of a human vessel here in in Rusty Peaks and well the running theory is that this Azrael fella might be might be inside of your sister. Sarah kind of looks at you with disbelief. What do you mean this inside of her? Well, we don't we don't know all the details other than. Uh, other than oh, this or, or nice cosmic being is, in fact, inside of uh, Father Campbell. Um, we discovered that through through Oliver and through Ray. And then, <sighs> Sarah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but a lot of really big garbage is happening right here in our small little town. What I do know is that we ain't going to let nothing happen to her. We're going to keep her safe. But we do need her to stick around because if she's not around, we can't keep her safe. And we don't know what the Black Hand wanted to do with her. But we kept them from taking her. The whole town did. You both are new here, but we're a community and we're a family. And it's confusing and it's weird. And I, I'm feeling a lot of pressure to figure out how to move forward. Seeing as I have a, a boatload of knowledge in my head, I don't quite understand 
But, yeah, there's no easy answers here other than you two aren't alone. I really want to believe you, Dale. And I really want to believe that you all can protect her. I just don't know if I can completely. But I'm trying. I I really am trying. What would make you feel safest? I don't even really know. I came here looking to hunt down Roy McCullen and somehow have ended up not only part of his hunting club, but also finding my long-lost sister in the age whenever I left her. And I just want things to be normal. That's when I know I can be safe, is when things are normal. That's, uh, I pick up my hat and I put it on for my nightstand and I go, Me too. <laughs> I'm about ready for a, a, a normal end of my old life, sitting in a rocking chair in the saloon. But we got some work to do before we can get there. And you were one of the strongest women I've met outside of my dear old mama. I think together that we could put an end to all this. But we don't get a rest till it's over. I start to get out of bed. Oliver, you have just been shooed out of Miss Davidson's home as you are well enough to go on your way and your little rocking chair was needed for um, a little girl who had a pretty nasty cut on her face that needed stitching up. Um, What do you do now that you're out in the streets of Rusty Peaks? Um... So, do I know that Roy has left? Is that, was, I guess, the last time I saw, I haven't seen him. Okay, because last episode, I went to go, I went yeah, you, with you Dale. You guys went and hunted down the Wendigo before Roy and all of them left. So, you kind of don't know where anybody is outside of you know that, uh, Peter is probably, hopefully, finishing up burning the Wendigo's body. And that Dale and you both came back into town. Uh, And you did see Jasper at the saloon last night. But you have not seen Roy since the battle. He also saw me at Mrs. Davidson's house today. Yes, and he also did see... You you saw him a little while ago. I think that... um, I want to go to the sheriff's office. I think that my thought process right now is kind of... Um, I'm still pretty banged up, so I'm probably not going to try and looking to get into anything like too deadly. Um, I think I don't know where Roy is, but I do know that like he is probably not happy right now. Um, so I think that I'm going to go to the sheriff's office, and I think um, I want to start kind of once I get there. I want to kind of like brainstorm about what are some kind of practical steps that I can take. I think that my old kind of, even when I, even if I, I guess was just pretending to be Oliver Ray, like I was kind of the sheriff for a while. And I think some of those um, mindsets kind of kicking back in. I want to kind of start thinking about like, okay, what can I do to like kind of make a plan? So I go to the sheriff's office. Absolutely. Yeah. You walk there, you know, you pass a couple of people on the street and you kind of, you, Tip your hat to them as you walk in, but you get you get to the sheriff's office and it's empty. You know, fairly, uh, f- it hasn't changed much since the last time you were here. And, and even as you walk into the sheriff's office, just memories of whenever you were the active sheriff kind of flood into your head. Uh, what do you do whenever you walk into the office? I think the first thing I do. Are there any like? Are there any other guns? Just, like, spare guns in this, like, sheriff office anywhere. Uh, make a frontier check for me, or some sort of searching check, if you have one. Uh, I rolled a natural failure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, um, as, as you're kind of looking around, you go over, there, there used to be a gun safe sitting on the opposite side of the, um... On the opposite side of the sheriff's desk. And, and as you walk over there, you see that the door is actually slightly ajar. And you open it up, and all of the spare guns that were for the sheriff's office are now gone. See, my thought process is like, most time when I fight, I shift into some type of animal, and I'm like all up in 
whoever I'm fighting. So, like, I do a lot of damage, but I take a lot of damage. So, what I'm trying to think is, like, I would like to get uh, some more weapons so that, like, if it's not, like, a big fight, I can just shoot at them from a distance where I'm less likely to take a huge amount of damage every time. So, if it's, like, a big fight and we need, like, a lot of power, I'm still willing to shift and get in there. But I also am thinking a little bit of preservation because... Just kind of odds are it's seeming like if I'm going to be in the middle and taking huge damage every time, at some point, I'm not going to get lucky. So I think when I don't find any guns here, um, I guess, do we have like a, a gunsmith or someone who would like sell ammunition or weapons? That is a good question. Let me look at our yes. sheet like this. Do we, we don't have, have like a, a named character, but on the draft of a map that we have... Um, we do have we do have okay. a gun shop near the saloon. So yeah, no, you we, we do have we do have a local gunsmith that you could go to to uh buy yourself something. Yeah, I think I want to head there. Right before you um leave the sheriff's office, uh you, you actually hear a, a kind of knock on the the side beam of the door. Um and as you kind of turn around and look, you see a short, spry-looking older man, probably about your age, um, with a long curled mustache and frizzy graying hair poking around strange goggles on the top of his head. Uh, and he kind of pops in his his head into the office and is like, uh, excuse me there, sir, uh, do you know where I could find a fella by the name of Dale? At least if I'm remembering correctly, his shoes had the name of Dale written all over them. Shit. Um, yeah, was Oliver there the last time we encountered He was already character? gone. It was me and Roy who witnessed him. It was okay, just I... Roy and Dale who witnessed That's this That's why I can't remember time. who saw it. So this is my first time seeing this guy. Uh, yes. I, okay, so my thought, like, some random dude I've never seen before has just showed up and is asking for Dale. I don't know, like, since this guy's not from around here, I don't know, is he associated with a black hand? I don't know what he wants Dale for. So I think uh, Oliver's going to respond, uh, can I get your name first? At this point, uh, Dale walks out of the saloon across the street and goes, hoo-wee, I'm Dale Olsen. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the man, the man kind of cocks his head and kind of starts twirling his mustache. Well, you see, I go by many names, but... I think you could probably just call me Charles. Charles. Right. So, uh, I, uh, let's say I do know Mr. Olsen. What, uh, what are you looking for him for? And I think as I say this, I kind of stand up from where I think I've been kind of like down on my knee, like looking at the gun safe, kind of going through it, making sure there's nothing left of there. But I think I stand up and kind of start approaching him. Yeah, as you do so, he kind of actually steps up into the office. And again, this man is fairly short um, and is wearing some really strange clothes. Like he's got this weird vest on and on his hands, they look like they're kind of gloves, but not exactly. Um, yeah, and the man, as he kind of walks in, kind of grabs onto the inside of his vest and it's like, well, you see, the last time I was visiting this town here, I... I experienced kind of a strange wave of energy and I really need to find this man and see if he knows what that wave of energy is because it might lead me to the thing I am looking for. Um, can I do like a insight check or something? Sure, I yeah. I think that would probably be wiliness unless you yeah. have some sort of like was, person check in skill. I was going to say probably wiliness. No, I don't have anything specifically for that. Um, so... I rolled a seven. Okay, what exactly are you trying to find out? Um, basically, what I'm going for is kind of I'm trying to get like, you know, like is this guy like doing an ocular pat know? down, you know, threat assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to basically say like, is he just trying to give me a tell when where Dale is? He wants to go like kill Dale, like, like it's, it seems like he's lying. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. This man seems very earnest. He seems very odd and out of place, but you don't sense any sort of danger coming from him. At least no immediate danger. Um, 
I think that I look at him for several seconds after he says this, and I kind of nod and say, well, uh, Dale's a bit of a odd character, so I guess I could believe he would keep company with some odd characters. Uh, yeah, I can, I can help you find him. Wonderful. Where, where do you think we might find this gentleman? As I am also quite parched, you see, been traveling quite a while and could definitely use a pint of something to clear out this old man's throat. <laughs> well, uh, you would happen to be in luck. Uh, he, you see, he has a room in the saloon, so we can kill two birds, one stone, I suppose. Fantabulous. Please lead the way, good sir. Yeah, I, I think I lead him across to the saloon. Yeah, as you're walking that way, Jasper, you are just making your rounds and heading uh, back towards the saloon. And at about this time, you, you see um, Oliver leading this short, strange-looking man towards the saloon. I ride up next to him and kind of go into a canter, and I just look down at him and I say, Sure as a hog loves mud, you ain't from around here. What city are you from? Well, that is a fan. Fabulous question, good sir. I presume you are the sheriff of this fine town. Uh, I kind of looked down at my badge that I have on the chest, and I, I said, I suppose I am. And what would that make you? Uh, my name is Charles. I just happen to be a traveler from out of town. Passing through. Passing through. Sure, yeah. Where are you passing through from, and uh, where are you headed? Well, in all honesty, I'm heading here to Rusty Peaks. I finally have... Seem to have reached my destination, as everything that I keep finding keeps leading me right back to here. Interesting. So, why did you just tell me you were passing through? Well, you see, I ain't much of the trusting type, and I just wanted to make sure you were a man of good character, and I see as you now being the sheriff, I probably can trust you. Also, you know, I just like to speak. Hmm. And he smiles at you. Jas- Jasper looks at him straight in, the- straight in the eye and just says, Well, sometimes those prone to speaking... Need more in the way of thought. I ride ahead to the saloon <laughs> and hitch up Daisy. Uh, the man Charles kind of chuckles and uh, kind of looks over at Oliver and kind of points up to the saloon. I'm assuming that's the establishment we're headed towards there, sir. You assume correct. And, and he kind of, uh, jolly good. And he kind of just struts on ahead and kind of barges into the saloon. Uh, Dale, at about this time, you're also heading downstairs with Sarah, and, and as, as you are walking down the stairs, yeah, you see this strange-looking man, uh, barge into the saloon. Is there anyone else in the saloon? Philip is behind the counter now, uh, wiping down, uh, the bar itself, but no, it is just this strange-looking man who just pushed his way through, and you can see, like, outside the door, you see... Uh, you see Oliver and you see Jasper t- hitching up Daisy, but no, it's just this man. Um, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I pull my gun out and I point it right at him and I go, whoa, that's that's close enough, uh, fella. When Dale does that, I also do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles throws his hands up into the air and is like, oh, peace, peace, good sirs. I, I, I don't know why you're... Threatening me with some weaponry, I mean you no harm. I'm just actually all you said, sir. Are you Dale? Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna be real kind about this. I do not want to kill you, but we got enough of your folk around here. I'm gonna need you to go back where you came from unless you're here to help. Do you remember who I am, good sir? <laughs> I remember them goggles. Hmm. Yes, you see, my... Trusty Sparoscopes, you remember them so good, jolly good. Now listen, sir, I have a few questions for you. (laughs) I raise my gun a little higher and I go, I don't think that's the way this works. I think we've got a few questions. Oh, hey, uh, hey, Jasper uh, and Oliver. um, This this fella popped out of a crack uh, with me and Roy in one of the mines and said some weird stuff and then just jumped right back through. So he's, he's, if you catch my drift... Not supposed to be around here. I Yeah, I look at him and I said, I figured he was something like that. So I'm going to take off this, or take this opportunity to use my new ability that I got when I leveled up. So I don't think I used it in the last episode. But basically the ability I took was I could do a uh, partial transformation instead of a full-on transformation. So Noah, I would like to roll to like 
transform my hand. Um, I want to transform it into a giant crab claw. Ooh. Fantastic. At the I same time, I want to roll True Sight just to check his aura. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll, we'll go first with Hunter. What did you roll? So I got, after my uh, bonus, I got a six. Six? Yeah, so I, I think you are able to successfully uh, transform it into the claw. It maybe not be as big as you want it. It's not like a giant claw or anything, but it's a slightly larger than your hand it's- would be. It's the non-dominant claw on a crab. You know how like they have a, you know, like males have like a big claw and a little claw. It's the little claw. Yeah, it's the little claw on a fiddler crab. Um, and uh, five. Keaton, what did you roll? Five. Okay, so yeah, a- as you look at him, gun uh, pointed at him. Your eyes start to glow white, and what surprises you is that you're not getting any reading from him. There is no aura around him like at all like even as you're looking at him you kind of look around you see everybody else in rusty peaks you know the couple people around you have at least like a faint aura around them like you look over at oliver and he's got kind of a greenish aura swirling around him you look at jasper and he's got a like gray aura kind of swirling around him but you look at this guy and there's just nothing no energy coming from him um, cool. Objectively, <laughs> third party just like the scene to immediately establish that for this interdimensional traveler that we know weird shit's going on because a man's hand just turned into a crab and my eyes just glue. Um, oh, yeah. He he does not flinch as this happens. Like, you know, he, he watches your he kind of just smiles at you guys as those things happen. I, uh, I, I start humming <laughs> just because. They both did something cool. And so I, wanted <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kind of look like I was doing something cool too, so I just started going. Fellas, fellas, again, I mean you no harm. I just have um, a few questions to ask of you all. All right, how about you take a seat and we'll decide if we want to answer them. I, I looked still? at Jasper for like approval because he's still my superior. Yeah, I, I just nod. I'm like, yeah. He walks over to a chair, his hand's still straight in the air, and kind of kicks over the chair and sits down in it, hands still up. His arms have not left the air. So, um, what questions you got for me, good sirs? Well, the easiest one is what in the darn heck are you doing here? Well, that's a fantastic question to ask, and one that I am quite willing to answer is that I'm here looking for you, Dale. Oh, yeah. What else? <laughs> <laughs> He chuckles and is like, well, you know, the last time I was here, the the temporal readings coming from this sector of the Omniverse were just absolutely outstanding. And I am surprised that there are any native life forms still here at all. And, well, I needed to ask you, good sir, whether you or that tall, brooding looking fellow you were with were from another sector or from another, uh, uh, interdimensional neighborhood you could say another sphere yes yes sphere ah oh so you're one of them are you very interesting y'all are the only one who refers to this great cosmic cacophony as spherical what do you know about me then well i know that you considering that you called it a sphere and well and he kind of looks down at his wrist uh, his left wrist, and he has on his weird-looking glove. There's a uh, circular green, like glass panel, and, and on, on that panel, you, you you hear this like slight whirring and beeping, kind of coming from it. And he kind of looks down at it. Well, considering that my spectrometer is going off here, the, the inverse spectrometer that is, it, it seems to me that you are definitely not from this uh, a sphere, as you say, and. Well, considering your ideas of spheres, you're probably one of those protectors of, uh, what was his name? Ornias, yes, one of Ornias's protectors. Uh, at least that would be my first guess. Also, considering the white glowing eyes, you only see that coming from them. At least mostly. A couple other people got some glowing eyes. But... All right, all right, slow down. Just hold your horses real quick. I may be a man of new wisdom, but those are still a whole lot of big words I didn't quite understand. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, okay, okay. You you know who I am. I don't know who you are. Uh, There's this got to be some give and take. Why are you looking for me? What are you doing here? 
Mr. Charles, sir, we yes. like to be hospitable here in Rusty Peaks, this lovely town here. But but times lately have made it quite hard to be hospitable to strangers. Well, that can be quite frustrating. I was honestly kind of curious if, wondering if shape-shifting with claws and guns was uh, your world's form of, you know, greeting. I, I, of course, I try not to offend anybody. I see. I typically keep my nose down and head out of businesses that are not mine, but everything keeps drawing me back to this little town of yours. Yeah, our town seems to be drawing a whole lot here, like men with crab hands. Listen, I will answer any questions you've got as long as you are willing to help me out, but please, would you mind at least putting away the weaponry? I'm not one for much of fighting, you see. I holster my gun and I say, where do those cracks lead? Everywhere. Every single crack leads everywhere? Pretty much, if you know how to use them, that is. You know how to how use you, them? How do you use them? Well, I do know how to use them. Occasionally, that is. I'll holster my gun, and uh, but as I do, I keep my hand on it, and I go, those weapons? And I gesture towards his hands. Oh, I mean, they function as a multi-variety of tools. Take them off. There's probably... Oh, you see, sir, that actually cannot happen. They're bound to my hands, you see. I take them off, and my hands themselves come off, good sir. His arms are also still straight in the air. He has not lowered his arms uh, since entering into the saloon. <laughs> I'll take my hand off my gun, but I look to Oliver and I go, he tries anything funny, you move that claw right to his neck. Um, I think when you say that, I kind of do like the little like clacking with the claw. <laughs> sip, sip. <laughs> <laughs> and I- I'm going to sit down at the table with him and go, uh, this conversation's gone a whole lot of nowhere. Uh, so how about you get it rolling? What do you what What do you want from me? Yeah, I ain't from what around here. What are you looking here. for? And if you know anything about my people... You know that I'm not too fond of things that aren't from around here. Well, now, that's just quite a shame, good sir. Especially if you haven't seen anything. Now, while your little world is quite peculiar and quite quaint, especially in comparison to some of the others, I would say there are some quite beautiful and fantastic things here, there, and everywhere. So I, don't just I, put it I, I do believe that, sir. Oliver here is a trusted friend. I don't think you're a bad person just for not being from around here. However, the vast majority of folk that have ended up in our town that ain't from around here, they've been killing us. Oh, I see. Well, that is quite, as some would say, a bummer in a couple of the worlds that I have visited. And you know, if you are versed in sphere travel like I am, the more... Of this other that shows up, the more it attracts. And frankly, this is a this is a small town. Uh, we are tired and exhausted of all the attraction of weird crap. We just want to drink our whiskey, shoot bottles off of fences, and pass out in our beds. So I'm going to make this real clear. I'll answer whatever questions you got, and then you go back or you help us. You're not staying here unless you're helping us. Roll a... I think that's probably honestly going to be a hard talk roll. Acceptable. My worst talk, but I will. <laughs> I mean, it was slightly threatening. <laughs> it's a, so. yeah, 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 yeah. That was a nat eight plus one. Heck yeah. Charles looks at you and kind of squints his eyes and, and stops smiling and kind of just stares at you for a while, Dale. And after a few seconds of silence, he, he, start, he slowly starts to smile again. I see that you are quite powerful there, Mr. Dale. I, I do mean you no harm, and please know I don't mean to stick around for too long. And potentially we could be beneficial to each other, as, again, all of my readings keep leading me back to this town. And maybe you could show me around a little bit, and maybe I could help you get rid of all these things that are, uh, plaguing your little place. How? Well, that's just going to depend on what exactly it is we're dealing with. I've dealt with quite a few fantastical things, but again, my readings are just off the charts here in this sector. So once I know exactly what we're dealing with, I might be able to uh, exercise them from this plane. Or perhaps just bring them with me if they're willing to travel. Philip. Yeah? You got that shotgun on the bar? He pulls it up and cocks it. 
keep an eye on this guy. I'd like to talk with my uh, associates. And I, I look to Oliver and Jasper and kind of motion to like upstairs or back behind the bar in the kitchen. I follow Dale there. Yeah, I go, I go too. So where do you head? Do you head upstairs to your room or do you head into the kitchen? Uh, Yeah, we'll go upstairs just to put a little more distance between us. Um, yeah, as you're walking up the stairs, you just see he just kind of he sticks his hands back up in the air. Charles does and just kind of watches you guys walk upstairs smiling the whole time. Yeah, we get up there and I, I guess I just kind of rub my forehead and I go. Uh, <sighs> hey, folks, um, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know if this guy can help us, but if he can, we could sure as hell use it. But I don't know if I want to go telling him about Ornias, Azriel, and the trickster and all that. He's an unknown entity. I think he needs to prove himself. What do I, I want to hear your thoughts, too. Well, Dale, I'd say I'm on the same train of thought that you are. What I was thinking is, you know, we need all the help we can get right now, the way I see it. But I don't want to turn over everything we know to this guy until he's shown us something. I think, at least in my opinion, we need to come up with some sort of task or something he can do to show us that he does have a common interest that he is on our side and you know he's not here to make things worse and if he if he does that if he helps us in some way and comes through and you know he'll earn that trust what if we tell him about the monsters not about our biggest problem but if he can help us deal with some of these monsters and we get a good vibe from the fellow maybe then we see if he can help us with our bigger problem that works to me all right you on board, Jasper? Yeah, I mean, we've already got so many people here helping us try to kill these monsters, and this if this man has any any insight into how we can best take them down, we'd best use it. I just want to say, I, while, uh, while we're in this room, you two are the two that I trust the most out of this whole town. I just gotta say, I'm, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to <laughs> for this all to be over, so things might start getting ugly. But whatever it takes, we just got to get this finished. The, not just right. for us, for everyone here. They they don't deserve this life. So let's let's get it done. Jasper looks at the two of you and he says, I'm retiring once this is all over. <laughs> yeah, I think, think I might take too. up fishing. Oh, I know some good spots. Sounds good. All right, let's go see how he can help us. As you all walk downstairs, you see that Charles is kind of still sitting in his chair, arms still straight up, but have turned towards Philip. And, and as you walk down, you just hear him uh, spouting off nonsense. You see, now one time I was traveling through this majestic plane that had four or five different fire flowers. And now the fire flower is pretty spicy, especially if you make it into a tea. But it can all right, that's enough of that. Into Oh, uh, I walk over and I just, I just I I walk over to him and I say, "All right, what do you know about monsters?" Oh, plenty, quite a lot about monsters, depending on what sort of monsters you got around here. See, I've hunted quite a few, tamed quite a few, even have a few pets here and there, and a couple of different planes. What do you know about uh, what what were those what were those winged things called? The vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Oh, now I haven't dealt with a vampire in quite a while. They normally hunt in, you know, nests. There's not generally just one. If you see in one, it typically means you got a few others that they're pushing each other out. They typically keep to themselves and all really like to hunt at night, you know, away from everybody else. They tend to keep to themselves. Sometimes you can get one, rise up in enough ranks and try to seize enough power that they might try to take over a small town uh, similar to yours, but, you know, they're typically not much of a problem. <sighs> okay, Charles, um, we would love your help. Here, let me give you just a quick rundown on this sphere. There ain't nothing special about it other than the people. People are the golden bit of this world, but the shape-shifting hands, the glowing eyes, none of that's coming from here. Monsters, uh, m magic cracks in the walls, none of that's normal around here. We're just people. We're just living our lives. Lately, we've discovered a nest, just like you said. It, didn't j it had more than just the vampire in it. It had quite a few strange creatures. That, uh, none of them are from around here. They just They, they ain't natural here. They're foreign. Our goal is to get rid of everything foreign. Not everything. Uh, Oliver can stay, uh, obviously, but there, there's too much 
and, and we're just trying to keep our people safe from all the foreign. How can you help us? So far, we've been uh, we've been killing and burning, uh, that, because that that's what I was trained to do. But I don't know if they're scared. I don't know if they want to be here. And and frankly, if you know how to just get stuff out of here, back through those cracks, if you can teach us how to do that. Then we'll help you with whatever you're needing help with, so long as it doesn't harm any of our folk. Charles gives you a very quizzical look and. As you stare at him, you see him kind of muttering under his breath, thinking to himself, Interesting. I never heard of a vampire nesting up with any other monsters outside of another vampire. Now, I am definitely willing to help y'all. Of course, I mean, you see, as long as you're willing to help me. So now we, 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 have... we've told you what we need your help with. How about we get to the point where you give us what you want? Well... <laughs> I'm searching for the one who can give me closure and reprieve from the wanderings I endure on a daily basis. You're going to have to be a little more specific. (laughs) Well, you see, I'm searching for a crossing, a nexus, a, a, a place where everything seems to be coming together. Because typically whenever you have a place like that, you have power. And, and this power can typically grant you some of your wildest dreams. And honestly, I'm just searching for that power. Searching to make a wish or two, so you could say. And everything that everywhere that I've searched, I, I come across some crossings. I come across some places where there's lots of overlap, but none quite so much as this little town of yours. This town of yours is very special. I feel like there's something here that could tell me what it is I need to do to achieve my wildest dreams. You see this through to the end? Everyone here is safe? I can get you there. He, I, I want you to do a smooth talk roll on him to see if he believes you that you actually know what you're saying. <laughs> um, smooth talk, that is a one. <laughs> Well, he rolled a four, so you had a lot of chance there. I did, um, <laughs> and I wanted to lie, but I did not. He, he kind of looks at you uh, and furrows his brow and kind of leans back. And again, his arms are still straight in the air, but lowers one of them and starts twirling his mustache. So tell me, what do you know of this power that resides here in this town? Again, if this is some sort of give and take... I can definitely get rid of any monsters and things you've got stuck around here that you don't want, but I need to know that you know what I'm looking for. Again, I'm honestly surprised that there are this many living beings in this area. Normally, places like this that give off this much energy tend to wipe out everything around it, at least in, you know, a couple of sectors at least. Well, that ain't good. You see, that's that's actually what we're trying to avoid. But I know somewhere else that has what you're looking for, and I can take you there. But not until this crossing, whatever you're... You see, this crossing thing that you're talking about? That's what we don't want here. For the exact reason you're saying. We love the people in this town, and we don't want them to die. So you help us get rid of this nexus point here, I can take you to a stronger one elsewhere. He looks at you and smiles. Jolly good, sir. Absolutely. Uh, and, and he kind of starts to stand up. And as he stands up, um, Jasper, behind you, there is a slight pop and a, a spurt of gray smoke. And, and as you kind of quickly turn around, standing behind you uh, is Grace Guy. Um, alongside Roy, who has Elder Campbell leaning on one shoulder and a pale man with long silvery hair and pointed ears leaning on the other. Um, And as uh, Charles is standing up, the device on his left wrist just begins to whirl and beep just incessantly. Like, it will not stop. And he kind of looks over at uh, Roy and Grace Guy and smiles. 
Now, what have we here? Roy, not the best time. Dale, I'm just doing what Jasper here asked me to and came right back. Uh, Philip, some waters, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right away. And and you see him like fiddling and looks around at all the people and sees how many people are now in the room. One, two, three, four, five. He just starts grabbing as many glasses as he can and starts pouring lots of waters and putting them on trays and... I, I walk over to him. I walk over to the bar and I say, "You'd think it was eight o'clock," <laughs> uh, and just start grabbing some glasses and walking over. And I, I, I look at the the two people that we have here now, and I say, "Please sit down, sit down." I pull some chairs out. Yeah, uh, you of course you you recognize Elder Campbell, and he looks rough again. You, you haven't seen him in quite a while. Um, he is very very thin and gaunt. And he, he's wearing clothes, but you can see kind of peeking up from, like, the top of his shirt, just scars uh, coming up from his chest and his back. And he kind of meekly looks up at you and kind of shakes his head and grabs a glass of water and just slowly starts sipping on it. I turn around to Philip and I say, some eggs and sausage as well. Absolutely. And he runs back into the kitchen and you hear him, the, the tossing and banging of... Uh, pots and pans as he gets to work in there. Uh, Roy uh, walks over with this uh, really strange looking dude on his other shoulder and walks him over to another chair and kind of sets him down. Uh, He is very wide-eyed and is very um, skittish looking and will not make eye contact with anybody. And every small sound kind of makes him flinch. Um, Roy kind of looks over and sees uh, this Charles man uh, standing and kind of gives him a quizzical look and then looks over at Jasper. Now, what in the hell is he doing here? How did he... What's happening? This is this is Charles. Uh, you might remember him from our Spelunkin adventure uh, a few weeks ago. I do. Uh, he, he, he's... he's Attentively going to help us out with our issues. Um, and then I, I'm just cut. You see Dale stuttering and like looking over at Campbell and then kind of like, I want to give Roy a look of like, he doesn't know about that. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, let me, I, I'm going to roll to see if Roy picks up on that. Okay. Uh, he he kind of looks at you um, and kind of slowly nods. Um, but even as he's doing so, you honestly just see more contempt in his eyes more than anything. Um, and he looks over at, um, Jasper. Is Mary here? She's upstairs. Good. That means all, all of us are here then. I, I look over at this guy with the pointy ears and I take out my journal and I write, I just write Jasper in it. Like I find a blank page, I write Jasper down. I set it down in front of him and I point to the page and then point at myself and I say, Jasper. And then I hand him a pen. Uh, he, he, he takes it hand trembling and looks at you and then writes and this very elegant looking script, but as he finishes it and kind of shows it to you. You have no idea what this says. Mm-hmm. This is not a language. I mean, not that Rusty Peaks people are fairly learned, but you know, you probably haven't seen much writing outside of English writing. Sure. But this is most definitely not English writing. I then take the journal and I turn to Charles and I say, have you ever seen this? Charles um, takes the hand that he was twiddling his mustache with and grabs the book from your hand and looks at it. Ah, yes! I haven't seen this script in many, many moons. Uh, it says Denethir. I look back at him and I say, Hello, Denethir. He, he kind of lo- looks at you as you say his name uh, and kind of nods at you and then kind of quickly looks away from you, uh, seemingly very scared. Uh, Roy, you said we were all here. What does that mean? Well, I don't know if this should be spoken in present company, but he kind of points to himself and then points to Dr. Campbell. And it's like, we're all here now. 
Charles, uh, I walk over to the bar and I pour a bit of whiskey and I give him a glass. Oh, thank you, good sir. I was really hoping to try some of your drink it. earthling whiskey. Just oh, drink oh. it. He shoots it back. Now this is your uh, make or break moment right here. And I, I look around to the people who I just told I wasn't going to do this to. And I go, uh, <laughs> I think this is the cause of your whatever n- n- necris point. That's Ornias. Asriel's upstairs. And something called the trickster is out and about uh, in this world. Can you help us? Charles looks at Roy, then looks over and looks at Elder Campbell, then kind of peeks back to the upstairs and then looks back at you, Dale, with a giant smile and just says, absolutely good, sir. Things just got very, very interesting. They don't die. Oh, believe me, I really don't want them to die. How are things just now getting interesting? (laughs) Someone explain that to me. I want to end it there. Yeah, I think that's. I think, I think that's I the ending think line that I want to end it on. Great ending line. <laughs> uh, but that's such I, a line. Who are you going to make up? Pick up all these pieces, Noah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to DM the next episode. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm just trying to move forward all of the loose ends that we have, and that's two or three of them right there. Now all in one space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey i can't complain um i've been wanting our ends to come together and well they're all in the rusty peak saloon now what what more fitting place for them holy moly so i'll be standing in uh here with seven episodes left um yeah uh sorry i feel like uh especially looking at my recording now i did a lot of the talking in this episode <laughs> uh, my bad uh, i guess not my bad like just dale had words to say to this man i also realized when we were playing i looked down at my sheet and i was like oh i have a point of vigor and then i went did i give myself a point of vigor and then i realized that like i think two episodes i was a player as well yeah uh, I didn't even, I I didn't even remember that. For spitting the fire. Yes, yeah. I, I remember that now. But it was like when we started this, I was sitting here like, man, I've really, de- I've, I've been the cow master for the past, you know, six episodes. But I was like, no, I wasn't. We had a we like, had a sprinkling through, like, of hunter oh, wait. In there. We did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess uh, should we just get to it? Yeah, I guess it's right about time to spin. Oh, I'm not looking. Oh, I knew it was going to be me, and it is. It is me. (laughs) Perfect. It has been a long time, and I have been wanting it, and oh boy, Noah, you've given me some things to think about. Oh, man. I did. Oh, it is all the characters I want to play with, so that's good, I guess. <laughs> um, wow. All right. We are doing it, folks. We're getting close to the end here. Um, and that's exciting and nerve-wracking all at the same time. Um, too true. Too true. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to figure out what the darn heck we're doing next time. Um announcement stuff again we're recording a lot of these ahead of time so uh same old stuff you can follow us on social media at rpg roulette preferably twitter because that's where we keep all the updates about episode delays streams all that good stuff uh if you want to support the show because hey you've made it this far with us it's been a wild ride um you can head on over to our patreon uh where starting just at the lowest tier at two dollars a month you get access to all of our bonus content including our bonus series Hot Table and all of the archived streams of RPG Duet, uh, the Rising Storm campaign I'm doing with Noah. 
Um, and if you just feel like you really love us and want to really support the show at the higher tiers, we give you a thank you. So thank you so much to Mr. Grant Howell, Monohem, and Tabor TCU for being our high rollers on the Patreon. Um, snaps. Snaps. We love yeah. you so love much. You thank you. You're the <laughs> best. That's all I got. Um... I'm looking forward to wrapping this story up and seeing how it goes. Uh, the show is really something, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to still be making it uh, two mm-hmm. and a half years later. Um, so thanks everyone for sticking with us on this long and wild ride. Thanks to my fellow co-hosts here for <laughs> playing pretend cowboys with me every once in a while. You're uh, welcome. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> And we will continue this story next time on the next episode of RPG Roulette Red Bet. Red Bet.